0: Section 10, Chapters 35 through 36, of *The Monk and the Hangman's Daughter* by Ambrose Bierce. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 35: "You shall leave her to me," so had spoken the wicked youth, while holding me between life and death at the precipice. He permitted me to live not from Christian mercy, but because he despised my life—a trivial thing to him, not worth taking. He was sure of his prey. It did not matter if I were living or dead. You shall leave her to me, O arrogant fool! Do you not know that the Lord holds his hand over the flowers of the field and the young birds in the nest? Leave Benedicta to you? Permit you to destroy her body and soul? ah you shall see how the hand of god shall be spread above her to guard and save there is yet time that soul is still spotless and undefiled forward then to fulfil the command of the most high god i knelt upon the spot where god had given into my hand the means of her deliverance my soul was wholly absorbed in the mission entrusted to me my heart was in ecstasy and i saw plainly as in a vision the triumphant completion of the act which i had still to do i rose and concealing the knife in my robe retraced my steps going downward toward the black lake the new moon looked like a divine wound in the sky as if some hand had plunged a dagger into heaven's holy breast benedicta's door was ajar and i stood outside a long time gazing upon the beautiful picture presented to my eyes a bright fire on the hearth lit up the room opposite the fire sat benedicta combing her long golden hair unlike what it was the last time i had stood before her cabin and gazed upon it her face was full of happiness and had a glory that i had never imagined in it a sensuous smile played about her lips while she sang in a low sweet voice the air of a love-song of the people. Ah, me, she was beautiful! She looked like a bride of heaven, but though her voice was that of an angel, it angered me, and I called out to her, What are you doing, Benedicta, so late in the evening? You sing as if you expected your lover, and arrange your hair as for a dance. It is but three days since I, your brother and only friend, left you in sorrow and despair, and now you are as happy as a bride? she sprang up and manifested great joy at seeing me again and hastened to kiss my hands but she had no sooner glanced into my face than she uttered a scream of terror and recoiled from me as if i had been a fiend from hell but i approached her and asked why do you adorn yourself so late in the night why are you so happy have the three days been long enough for you to fall are you the mistress of rochus she stood staring at me in horror she asked where have you been and why do you come you look so ill sit sir i pray you and rest you are pale and you shake with cold i will make you a warm drink and you will feel better she was silenced by my stern gaze i have not come to rest and be nursed by you i said i am here because the lord commands tell me why you sang She looked up at me with the innocent expression of a babe, and replied, "'Because I had for the moment forgotten that you were going away, and I was happy.' "'Happy?' "'Yes, he has been here.' "'Who? "'Rokus?' She nodded. "'He was so good,' she said. "'He will ask my father to consent to see me, and perhaps take me to his great house, and persuade the Reverend Superior to remove the curse from my life.' Would not that be fine?' "'But then,' she added, with a sudden change of voice and manner, lowering her eyes, "'perhaps you would no longer care for me. "'It is because I am poor and friendless.' "'What? "'He will persuade his father to befriend you? "'To take you to his home? "'You? "'The hangman's daughter? "'He, this reckless youth, at war with God and God's ministers, will move the church? "'Oh, lie, lie, lie!' oh benedicta lost betrayed benedicta by your smiles and by your tears i know that you believe the monstrous promises of this infamous villain yes she said inclining her head as if she were making a confession of faith before the altar of the lord i believe him kneel then i cried and praise the lord for sending one of his chosen, to save your soul from temporal and eternal perdition." At these words she trembled as in great fear. "'What do you wish me to do?' she exclaimed. "'To pray that your sins may be forgiven.' A sudden rapturous impulse seized my soul. "'I am a priest,' I cried, anointed and ordained by God himself, and in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit i forgive you your only sin which is your love i give you absolution without repentance i free your soul from the taint of sin because you will atone for it with your blood and life with these words i seized her and forced her down upon her knees but she wanted to live she cried and wailed she clung to my knees and entreated and implored in the name of god and the blessed virgin then she sprang to her feet and attempted to run away. I seized her again, but she broke away from my grasp and ran to the open door, crying, "'Rogus! Rogus! Help! Oh! Help!' Springing after her, I grasped her by the shoulder, turned her half round, and plunged the knife into her breast. I held her in my arms, pressing her against my heart, and felt her warm blood upon my body she opened her eyes and fixed upon me a look of reproach as if i had robbed her of a life of happiness then her eyes slowly closed she gave a long shuddering sigh her little head turned upon her shoulder and so she died i wrapped the beautiful body in a white sheet leaving the face uncovered and laid it upon the floor but the blood tinged the linen so i parted her long golden hair spreading it over the crimson roses upon her breast. As I had made her a bride of heaven, I took from the image of the Virgin the wreath of Edelweiss, and placed it upon Benedicta's brow. And now I remember the Edelweiss which she had once brought me to comfort me in my penance. Then I stirred the fire which cast upon the shrouded figure and the beautiful face a rich red light as if God's glory had descended there to enfold her. It was caught and tangled in the golden tresses that lay upon her breast, so that they looked a mass of curling flame. And so I left her. End of chapter thirty five chapter thirty six. I descended the mountain by precipitous paths, but the Lord guided my steps so that I neither stumbled nor fell into the abyss. At the dawning of the day I arrived at the monastery, rang the bell, and waited until the gate was opened. The brother porter evidently thought me a fiend, for he raised a howl that aroused the whole monastery. I went straight to the room of the superior, stood before him in my blood-stained garments, and telling him for what deed the Lord had chosen me, informed him that I was now an ordained priest. At this they seized me, put me into the tower, and, holding court upon me, condemned me to death as if I were a murderer. Oh, the fools! The poor, demented fools! One person has come to me today in my dungeon, who fell upon her knees before me, kissed my hands, and adored me as God's chosen instrument. Amula, the brown maiden, she alone has discovered that I have done a great and glorious deed i have asked Amula to chase away the vultures from my body for benedicta is in heaven i shall soon be with her praise be to god hosanna amen to this old manuscript are added the following lines in another hand on the fifteenth day of october in the year of our lord sixteen eighty in this place brother ambrosius was hanged and on the following day his body was buried under the gallows close to that of the girl benedicta whom he killed this benedicta though called the hangman's daughter was as is now known through declarations of the youth rocus the bastard child of the saltmaster by the hangman's wife it is also veritably attested by the same youth That the maiden cherished a secret and forbidden love for him who slew her in ignorance of her passion. In all else, Brother Ambrosius was a faithful servant of the Lord. Pray for him. Pray for him. End of Chapter Thirty Six. End of the Monk and the Hangman's Daughter by Ambrose Bierce. Recording by Phil Chenevert, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, February Two Thousand Twelve.